Welcome to YYZ Video, your film book club of choice. This is Press YYZ's bi-weekly sometimes movie review show where we take a film series, starting with Pixar, and we're ranking them. You can watch the show on youtube.com slash pressyyz or listen on your own time on your podcast service of choice. Before we get started, remember as always to be good to each other. Discrimination of any kind, be it over one's race, gender, sexual orientation, or anything else is wrong. And we will not tolerate this within our community. I'm your host with the most, Mr. Mitch George, joined as always by the man with all the hand gestures, Nicholas Blaine. Uh, the man full of hot takes who makes so many mistakes, Mr. TJ Beckham. Audi. And our multi-award winning film student, Mr. Alex Ballant. Happiness is what we sell. That's why everyone loves BNL. BNL, you say that is because today we are talking all about Wally. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> uh, do we want to get into what we thought, or you want me to go do the rundown, the rigmarole of the film, and all that jazz? What do you guys prefer? Let's do the rundown Give first. Me the yeah. yeah. All right. The rigmarole, as always, this film was directed and co-written by Andrew Stanton, the director behind both Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, with a story by Stanton and Pete Docter, co-written by Jim Reardon. Um, so Pete Doctor is credited with a uh, story. Uh, he gets a story credit. Uh, he only worked on the movie for about two months. Uh, after about two months, he decided to work on another project. That project turned into Monsters Incorporated, which he directed. Uh, the film is also dedicated to Justin Wright, a 27-year-old Pixar animator who tragically died of a heart attack. Uh, he was born with congenital heart defects and received a heart transplant at the age of 12. A year after the transplant, he was a recipient of a wish with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and his wish was to go to Disney World. At Disney World, he was able to take a tour of their animation studios. This cemented his love for animation and storytelling. His credits include the line drawings at the end of the film Ratatouille, storyboards on Wally, -E, and the short film Presto, which accompanied Wally -E both theatrically and with its home video release. Uh, tragically, on the evening of March 18th, 2008, Wright collapsed at Pixar offices and died instantly of a heart attack just 10 days shy of his 20 or 10 days after, sorry, his 27th birthday. Makes it so much more sad. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to be a downer. Uh, this is Pixar's first animated film that also includes segments of live action characters and was released in the United States on June 27th, 2008. Film was, as with all Pixar films, critically praised for animation, story, voice acting, characters, visual score, its minimalistic use of dialogue, and its romantic scenes. Was a it, the film was a commercial success, grossing over five hundred million dollars worldwide on a one hundred eighty million dollar budget. It won the two thousand eight Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature, the two thousand nine Hugo Award for Best Long Form Dramatic Presentation, and the final Nebula Award for Best Script, the Saturn Award for Best Animated Film, and the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature with five additional nominations. At the Oscars, it was also nominated for Best Writing uh, for an original screenplay, which it lost to the film Milk, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Original Score, which it lost. Wally picked the worst year to come out because in any other year it would have won these things. It lost to Slumdog Millionaire for score. Um... um Original song, Down to Earth by Peter Gabriel, lost to Jai Ho from Slumdog Millionaire. Um, sound Fucking mixing. Pussycat Dolls. 
<laughs> sound mixing also lost to Slumdog Millionaire, and sound editing it lost to Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Never heard of it. No? Uh, many critics also talk about Wally as one of the best films of 2008. It topped Time's list of best movies of the decade, and in 2016 was voted 29th among 100 films considered the best of the 21st century by 117 film critics around the world. Wally is a hell Makes of a sense. movie. Yep. Uh, the cast of Wally is a little interesting because, as we said, it very much focused on nonverbal storytelling. Uh, ben Burt stars as Wally, also known as the Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Glass, the titular character, uh, a compactor drawer or robot. I can't get into droids, not quite yet. A compactor robot who has achieved sentience. He's the only one of his kind shown to still be functioning on Earth. He is a small compactor box with all-terrain treads, three-fingered shovel hands, binocular eyes, and retractable solar cells, which he uses to recharge himself. Uh, ben Burt is best known for providing sound effects and editing for the Skywalker saga of films in the Star Wars universe. Uh, he also voiced Mo, the microbe obliterator, also known as little mm -hmm. trash guy who's cleaning up after Wally in the movie. Uh uh, truth be told that Ben Burt had just completed work on Revenge of the Sith in 2005 and told his wife he would never work on another film that involved robots. He changed his mind immediately when Pixar talked him through the idea of Wally, -E, which he found fresh and exciting. Almost all of the robots in the film are voiced by Burt through mechanical sounds, which he created. He recorded over 2,500 different sounds for the movie, twice the average of any of the Star Wars, Star Wars films he'd worked on previously. Um, he worked on this movie for two years when Stanton met with Bert to pitch the idea of the movie. He told him that he needed him to be about 80% of the cast of the movie. And by golly, did he deliver? He delivered. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Alyssa Knight stars as Eve, also known as the extraterrestrial vegetation evaluator, which is hilariously mispronounced by both Wally and Mo, who's a sleek, um, you know, very cutting edge, modern looking robot uh, designed by Johnny Ive, who oh, famously was the creative uh, something or other. He was like the head of uh, product design at Apple for a number of years. And that absolutely shines through in the design of Eve. That makes sense. Yeah. That is, the Eve doesn't look like an Apple product. Do you like the movie still, TJ? Yeah, I mean, as I mean, Pixar came from jobs like... Sometimes bad people do good things. Can't say the same for Apple, but... Not the last Apple Easter egg we'll find in this movie. Uh, Alyssa Knight, who provided the voice of Eve, is not actually a trained voice actress, but an employee of Pixar. We have Jeff Garland portraying Captain uh, McRae, uh, the captain of the Axiom Star Cruiser. Um, but we only see his name on the portraits we see on the wall. In the credits, he's just known as the captain. Uh, Fred Willard here as the first live action actor in a Pixar film playing Shelby Fortwright, the CEO of the by and large corporation. Uh, Macintosh. Macintosh, the text to speech program for Apple Macintosh computers was the voice of Otto, the autopilot on the ship. It's scary. It's <laughs> fucking scary. Um, the two other humans were kind of introduced to throughout the film, John and Mary uh, on the cruise liner voiced by famously for doing voices in every Pixar film, John Ratzenberger mm -hmm. and Kathy Najimi. If you're not familiar with her work, she played Mary in Hocus Pocus. Oh, 
Oh. And Peggy Hill and King of the Hill. Oh, wow! That's a bigger one! That's a bigger one! No, I think it's like a bigger one because it's like... Oh, she played... I think it's both because she played She played in Hocus Pocus. Oh, you should watch Hocus Pocus. But the connection between Hocus Pocus to King of the Hill? What? Anyways. Finally, voicing the Axiom's computer... Um, Sigourney Weaver. I was gonna say I knew that one. I knew that one. <laughs> I was very uh, excited Stan, about that one. When Stanton cast her in the role, he had a conversation where they're basically saying, "You realize you get to be mother now, right?" Uh, referring to the name of the ship's computer in the film Alien, which also mm-hmm. famously starred Sigourney Weaver. Uh, with that being said, I know we all have a lot to say about this movie, but before we get into that, we have our conspiracy corner. We have. Uh, the portrayer of all things Pixar. We have my wife, Carmen George, presenting Carmi's Corner. Carmi's Corner, Carmi's Corner. Back from a couple weeks of a hiatus. Back, back to Carmi's Corner. That. But now they do. Uh, welcome Silent Bob to uh, oh Why Watch the Video. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> yes! The hat. Oh the hat does it. It's the hat. Yeah. It's the hat. I was like, hmm, I wonder how long uh, Nick's hair is compared to mine. I'm like, let me see this. It's definitely, it's definitely longer. It's probably the longest my hair has ever been. Also the greenest. Oh man, man, it's weird. Right. Conspiracies. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Let me, let me go into my phone here. Why are you doing that? um, Yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I thought you were just needing to load it up. Oh no, no, it's okay. Go ahead. What were you saying? Uh, well, I was going to say, Mitch left out that the voice actress for Eve, also one of the twins in Cars, you know, the two Lightning Queen fans. Oh, yeah. Very important note. Okay. Mm. That's cool. <laughs> no, it's okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, there's only one, I guess, cool not really cool it's kind of disturbing kind of thing that um we found on the internet today and as in me and mitch because it was really hard to find a conspiracy for wally yes you helped great um so the pixar theory this week is um the unseen cannibalism in wally so uh in the beginning of the movie, uh, we are welcome to a whole bunch of dead Wallies that are no longer working, and uh, Wally's been collecting their parts. Oh, I mean, oh. do we? Is he eating them? Is that a thing? Like, is he eating trash? I don't know. Do you think that he is he eating the trash? Like, I mean, at the very least, he's like he's cl- he's like kicking care, repurposing of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe like, it, is it cannibalism to like take a dead person's liver? Like, I mean, I mean, you don't. They don't yeah. end up re- repurposing. Plant? They don't. And, oh, well, I guess I they do. To end tell up... that to the police. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? <laughs> I'm definitely thinking he's like. <laughs> no, like he takes, <laughs> no, he the, takes eye the part or like yeah. the treads, and yeah, he's, got, he's like, becoming like, better. He's becoming stronger. He's becoming faster. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's what Mitchell thinks. He needs to stop eating the jalapeno Cheetos. Though. So good. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that's this is the uh, that's the only one that we found. Um, it was a good movie though; it was cute. So, it's, it's the first time I've ever seen it too. So it was, it was oh. good. I'm not looking forward to next week's. What is next oh, week's? Oh yeah, next week's gonna oh, be. We're, we're not, I'm we're not gonna, looking. We're gonna do that. Not that shall not be named. 
the the movie that yeah, shut up. Yeah, that doing. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna yeah, go down. There's gonna be a lot a, of. Yeah, like it? Oh, of course, it's TJ's favorite. But <laughs> are we getting? <laughs> Alex, were you best about to do a callback to the trailer of this podcast? <laughs> Wait, there's a trailer you know. for this podcast? Yeah, yeah there yeah. might be oh, some. Yeah. Ups and downs. Ah, uh, whoa! The iconic line. Whoa, we're bringing it together. This is what we do. We form Full the Cinematic circle. Universe podcast that we have the right y- here before you. The YYZ <laughs> video podcast. Will we collide with Press YYZ? Probably not. But you know what? We're doing it. We're out here innovating. This is going to be in a couple weeks when it's um, Remy versus Wally. <laughs> I mean,. It's Remy versus Wally now. I feel. Yeah, yeah, say it could very well be. Let them fight. Very well. Let them fight. I'm so excited for the last episode of this. Oh, I am not. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing is, okay, uh, and then we'll get back to the like the the podcast yeah, proper. Sorry. No, you're good. Sorry, everybody. But the thing is, like, when we get to the end, and I don't know if we've ever said publicly what we're doing, but when we get to the end, this list is so fucked up, it's not even going to matter. It's not even going to matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's going to be, there's going to be little bandages. There's going to be little bandages. Yeah. For some some of us. friendships might be ruined after this. Well, I was but... about to fucking say it. But, I mean, they're already ruined. Let's go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Today's going to be the ultimate test. Today's going to be the ultimate test. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay. Today... Well, anyways. Get back to your podcast. Calm that's is... it. And then I'll see you guys next week. Woo! Oh, that's another edition of Calm is Corner. Calm is Corner. Didn't think about the hiatus stuff, but here we are. It's Calm is Corner. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, so Carmen started getting into it. She mentioned how what she felt about the movie, but I wanted to know what the rest of y'all felt about the movie, except TJ, because we already know he won't shut up about this damn movie. Alex. Uh-huh. I do like Wally. So I remembered I hadn't I haven't seen this movie since 2008 um, when it first came out. So I remember thoroughly enjoying it quite a bit. But for some reason in my brain, I was like, why did I never revisit Wally? I really enjoyed it. Um, And the first like 20 minutes of this movie is such a work of art. It is so incredible. the, The way that they do storytelling without having any characters talking uh is great and just the environmental storytelling and just like really i think it was a very ballsy move to like in 2008 have this message of in like just the the scenic imagery of this like just essentially ruined earth i thought it was i thought it was really incredible um then you go to space and then the movie takes a nose dive down it is not as good once it goes into space um and really like i feel like it is missing a lot of the pixar charm to it a lot i don't know i just really i didn't vibe with it as much as i thought i was going to after that after like that like that moment when yeah like where the the kind of plot takes over um i did enjoy it still it just was kind of i was just a little surprised at like i didn't like every time that we finish one of these movies afterwards i've thought about the movie more and like i've like grown a new appreciation for a lot of these wally was like i i continue to grow an appreciation for the first 20 minutes and then kind of the rest of it is just 
good. Like, I can't say this is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination because it's not, but it's just not. I don't think it's one of Pixar's all stars. You made him say. As he should. Nick, how'd you feel about Wally? All right, so I have a story. Back the year was 2008. This kid was an eighth grader. And should he have probably have been, uh, you know, like obsessed with this movie as much as he should be? Probably not. Probably not. And let me tell you, my mom, little Nikki, Mama Nikki Blaine over there, went to every single store we could find to find a t-shirt, to find an MP3 player, to find anything Wally related merchandise. I was obsessed with Wally. Wally was like, by by and large, my no pun intended, my favorite <laughs> Pixar movie at the time, like, hundred percent. And I, I had rewatched it, you know, countless times when I was a kid. And I haven't, like, really gone back to it since. Um, while I do think... I think, the, I think the thing that is missing from this that I think people don't... Don't, like, are, aren't used to is the fact that... I think, like... I think very much this has Pixar charm. 100%. And that is what it has in spades. But I don't think it has the message necessarily. Or, or exactly a forward-facing message. Like, you know, you had Ratatouille with kind of building yourself and trying to overcome adversity and all that. You have um, you have Incredibles and the family dynamic and trying to build that world and all that. And you have Toy Story with the learning to compromise. Whereas this movie, like, there's not really that message, you know, outwardly. I mean, sure, you could get into, like, socio-political sort of stuff. But besides that, there's not really a message. It's a love story, though. Like, I think this is this is by far the the most attributed to so many different genres of film, so many different aspects of storytelling that has just been put in. And I think that, well, I think that, you know, doesn't necessarily hold that same Pixar, like, narrative. It definitely holds a charm. Like, I am absolutely charmed by by Eva and uh, Eve's and Wally's dynamic. Like there is a hundred percent. Like I, my heart, I get my, my heart starts racing. Like, I just love it. I love how cute it is. I love how, like how much they love each other. And the fact that, you know, like the visuals of this film, I think are breathtaking. And of course, like melding the, the silent film, the musical, the, the charm of a musical, the, the kind of like mystery of you know a a a 70s sci-fi film like i mean there's so many references to 2001 a space odyssey even in bernie this the short the the short that not accompanies this film but is like on the dvd like it literally does 2001 a space odyssey and where with like the visuals and like there's so much to love about this film i think i think like you can make a point for anywhere on this list and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of films like that in this in, in the in Pixar. So, but anyways, that, that's just kind of my base thoughts. You know, I'm going to pass it over to the one, the only. I know he loves this film. TJ. I mean, I'm going to take uh, over in the meantime and just say, are, is anyone else as worried as I am about how quickly these robots gain sentience? No. Like, even <laughs> over the course of the movie is now self-aware, and that's not good. I mean, yeah, I mean, Yeah. I, the, the thing is, like, I think some of the some of the robots, like, especially like, without getting into super spoilers before we get into the film, like, the the pro- if you are if you are watching this this episode of this show, prefacing it with the fact that it is spoiler heavy, 
Go watch the movie and then come Definitely back. Definitely go watch the movie. Nick, this, say what you're going to say. This is great. Uh, so with, with, the, with the prime directive of Otto, it, it is not a, a sentience thing. It is the directive no. of you cannot come back to Earth. You cannot, like, we, even if we find something, you cannot come back to Earth. We are a corporation and we fucked up. Like, this is, I mean, as somebody who lives in Michigan and many things like that have happened, uh, I, I, I get, like, like it's it's a corporation just like, all right, well, we're just going to live in space now. And for 700 years, like, yeah, I, I think that that's the, uh, going back to the sentience thing, I think, like, part of it is, like, sure sentience, but part of it is, like, it's, it's a, I think the message of this is breaking free from conventional norms, breaking free from the, the, the path that, like, liter quite literally, there are paths that people follow, people and the robots follow, and there's, like, symbolism yeah. behind that of, you know, Mo jumping off the track and all that, and I think that that's kind of the other message of this, while also having just this unbelievably um, cute and lovable story um, between Wally mm. and Eve. All right, TJ. I delayed as long as I could. Fucking gush about it already. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Nick. It's uh, it's Wally. They put bugs in him. <laughs> or I should say, bug. Uh, but still, I mean, it uh, wasn't in so... him, but he was on him for sure. <laughs> he was in him for a no. Bit. He crawled inside of him. He crawls yeah. inside. Oh, of that's him. true. I forgot about that. He went in he does... him. That bug penetrated. <laughs> Okay, this is going to be this kind of podcast. <laughs> so, so uh, as I was going to say, though, um, Wally, like, if you're watching the video podcast or have ever talked to me on a video call, space is a huge thing of mine. I've got an Apollo 11 rocket in the background, the International Space Station. He doesn't have an actual rocket me, or an actual space station. They are made of Legos that. just to make us. Okay, first and foremost, clear. how do you not know? Okay, and, I have a shrink ray. That is actually am, the Apollo 11. And they're real to him, goddammit. it. known for our, for our listeners, our audio listeners, that we love very much. Um, okay, listen here, Ant. You one audio <laughs> listener. Yeah, fuck <laughs> um, you, Ant. We put bugs <laughs> in them. But, stop. So, space to me, it is beautiful, it is terrifying, it levels me out. It is the one constant that it makes it realize that the world is endless... And also, you're so insignificant in the grand scheme mm -hmm. that it, it it kind of makes me realize, like, my problems aren't as much as they I love space for them. And when I was little and Wally was coming out, not only did it look adorable, I still remember seeing the trailers where it's the shopping cart scene where he's being chased by a horde of shopping cart. But uh, this movie made me tear up multiple times, specifically uh, at one point when... He's on Eve's ship going to the Axiom and they're flying through space. And even if that's not how space works with him putting his hand up and touching the ring and it's so making swirls, it's still like it just made me emotional. The this movie is just so good in every aspect. I know we say it every fucking time, but the animation on this is jaw dropping. The characters, the fact that without like a word being spoken, Wally is the best Pixar character to appear on screen so far. And they they Ooh. show like they build his character with so like so little words. The fact like he's carrying around this cooler, the fact that he's singing along and using a trash can like he it shows just his level of sentient and like who he is without speaking, without that ability. And even his friend, the cockroach, which I don't think they ever name 
Um, no, there, there's a name. Let me find it while you continue. So, like, Wally is, again, one of the best Pixar characters. And I know we're going forward. But the relationship between, built between Wally and Eve in this these first 20 minutes, better than fucking up. Fight me. Fucking fight. We're going to. All right, let's We're going to fight down. over this. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to that episode. TJ. But it's... Have you ever thought of, of not fighting how? people? The name of the conference no, is Hal. Wait, okay. Named after... Uh, yeah. Another 2001 A Space Odyssey, Odyssey yeah. reference. 100%. It's there. Yeah, it's there. But the I I do I do agree that once they leave Earth, it does there is a slight dip in quality. Yeah. But it is still like the amazement, the bewonderment of like not only one seeing the ship, but also what it's done to humanity. I mean, fuck like being floating around in chairs and drinking slushies all the time. Who who'd have thunk that made you fat motherfucker? I I wanna guess. Um the uh but like it's it, it's just Everything in this film just causes wonder and is it, it cute, exciting, fun. Like even at the end when Wall fucking spoilers and when Wally gets crushed and he like he doesn't remember, like I was at the edge of tears there. Like there's n- oh, yeah. I cannot think anything about this movie that I would change except that I would just want them to do it again with today's technology, just I- to see how much more beautiful they can make. I honestly think I mean, they did, right? This has been uprezzed for 4K. At least I watched it on Disney Plus. It was in 4K. I did. Uh, and it's just, it's They're absolutely so jaw dropping, dude. The yeah. darks are like, the blacks are so, like, it's just the way yeah. they portray space. It, it, I've never seen something like that done in animation before. Well, and there's a reason, too, with like when I, you know, we'd get like the DVD copies of, of, uh, the, like the, the different Disney movies or Pixar movies. There's a reason that this was in every single scissor reel, like that, the, the, part where you know he's he's touching the the little rocks like that that is like on every single system because it's such a beautifully done piece of animation and just like it 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 stuns every time Hmm. well and the fact mitch you mentioned like this is the first pixar movie to have like the real human element to it like the fact that they did that to show the evolution of humans in space so humanity back when they were on Earth looked normal. Now, like you can even see in the captain's um, room, because the first captain, it was just a picture of a dude. Yeah. But yeah. over time, also, they were more animated. And there's also a joke about it in uh, I think it's when they're first going through the protocols to go back to Earth. Uh, Fred, uh, Fred, um, Fred Willard. The, Fred, yeah, Fred Willard's character comes on the screen, is just like you might have experienced some significant. Bone, bone loss, yeah. In space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm not bad. I'm just big boned. But yeah, no this this movie is absolutely phenomenal, and I think we'll get into it as we go through the plot, talk about what we thought, rank the Randys, do all that fun stuff. But let's just get before you do that. What? Just let me start. I, I, no, no. So I want to table something. Wally is the final Terminator movie. All right, let me tell you something. TJ, I went in, you told me this before I went in to watch it. Let me tell you, I went in there. I don't think, I don't believe you've actually watched a Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've we never watched that. a Terminator I, movie. I, I'm, ex- I'm interested, and I, I think I know where you're going with it, but I have a rebuttal, so keep going. So, Wally creates self machine. 
Mm-hmm. He, he he unleashes these these machines onto the Axiom. They cause quite the ruckus. He is John. Was it Car- John, Car- John Connor? Connor? John Connor. John Connor. Yeah, okay, I've never seen a term. Yo, you should answer. definitely change. John Connor must die, right? Exactly. John <laughs> oh my Connor God, must no, die. No. With, uh, Hayden Penetier. <laughs> um, and they they literally forever change for change humanity. Like they, whether it's good or bad, they they change how humanity works they do what the terminators want to do so i would like to say that wally is now forever known as the paw patrol terminator movie (laughs) and with that i think we can start the rest of the podcast because tj's fucking insane so the film opens and for the first time in a pixar film we get the new modern disney walt disney opening um because famously uh, Disney gave Pixar shit when they released Ratatouille because it was released after the acquisition, but the film was finished before. So it was in this weird middle ground between Disney acquiring Pixar and the film releasing. They used the original Disney opening with the castle and everything, and they got crap for it because uh, that new opening had premiered with Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest in 2006. So this is the first time Pixar used the new opening and didn't piss off the mousy overlords. Um, <laughs> and the film does open on what I think is the best song in the film. And TJ's going to hate me for this. Uh, put your Sunday clothes, put on your sun- Sunday clothes from the musical. Hello Dolly, really which repeats itself and comes back re- uh, multiple times throughout the film. A uh, fun fact about that. Um, we're we're going to find my stupid fucking fun fact. I had it. It was right here. God did No, where the fuck did it go? I just want to say while, while Mitch is doing this, I, yeah, I, I I think we're gonna do a bonus feature because I want to pick this apart. I want to I want to pick going to the possible first namesake of this show. I want to pick apart your Terminator idea for Wally and figure out what what it what what it breeds. I literally by. had those two points. That's okay. It. So okay. <laughs> the, the fun fact I have linking Hello Dolly to this film, other than the fact that its themes and its music is used numerous times. Uh, composer Thomas Newman re- returned to Pixar to compose this film. Uh, you know, famously Randy Newman's cousin, because everyone knows Randy Newman. Mm. But like Tom there's Hanks another and Jim famous, Hanks. there's another famous Newman in the family. Thomas Newman's uncle, Lionel Newman, worked on the original film Hello Dolly. Oh, it's I mean, all in the family, baby. I mean, is that? I feel like that's that's an entire ranking. Right, we have a couple songs to rank. You know. This is the we new, do, but we'll this is the Newman family, you know. We do, but we'll continue on and see Earth. And for whatever reason, someone has applied the sepia filter to the entire planet. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. That's famously, good one. Um, Pixar used uh, image key art image of Chernobyl, Ukraine, Bulgaria, and others for ideas behind what this ruined world would look like. Art director Anthony Kristoff uh, is from originally from Bulgaria and knew of the problems its capital had in storing garbage. So a lot of that imagery lent itself to how Earth is portrayed in this film. I must uh, I must imagine. It's probably not a great like beacon of tourism being like, oh yeah, our uh, our city was used as an example of what trash looks like. <laughs> uh, we do see imagery of windmills and nuclear plants that are sitting on top of piles of trash. And those piles of trash are even taller than some of the skyscrapers. This uh, kind of lends itself to the fact that Humanity decided far too late in this timeline to to turn to renewable energies like wind and nuclear, as opposed to um, all this trash that they've been accumulating over the decades. And we finally meet our little compactor that could, 
Wally as he's going out and about in his day of working and organizing his trash with his cockroach buddy, Hal. So this is the first Nick's corner of how does this work. So the skyscrapers of trash, how does this work? Wally is a small little guy. How how are we building this? There isn't like levels. It doesn't seem like there's levels there. You know how is he building this that high? Does he? It his shows, arms? It shows Just it. go. Yeah, doesn't he? Have didn't like he? Didn't he put ramps track? around the outside? Yeah. yeah, it shows that. It show, it, you see him building the first layer. All right, this was an and oversight. Then he puts, uh... <laughs> <laughs> also, lending itself to the conspiracy theory that yeah, lending itself to conspiracy theory. Carmen was talking about earlier. Um, the planet is as messed up as it is because of Wally. Wally's actually the villain of this movie because if he hadn't cannibalized all the other Wally units for the sole purpose of surviving, we see how quickly he can put together a tower. Imagine if all those other Wally units were still functioning. The planet but, might have actually gone back to normal. But did he, can, did he, he is he the reason that he stopped, they stopped working? I don't think yes. so. Yes, yeah. 100%. He was the first that's to actually one of my he points. Was, he, he was the first to achieve sentience and its survival of the fittest since the rest of them didn't know what was going on. He just took advantage of that and absolutely Wally, decimated no. the entire Does Wally this man population. look like a murderer? I refuse to believe that. He has a laser. Listen, he is the he Terminator, like okay? Uh, or he is John Connor. Those are, those are strangling hands. <laughs> but laser. I refuse to believe that that cute little thing is murdering people, okay? No. That is the most pure thing it's in Hal. all of Pixar. <laughs> Either Hal way, we see, Wa- killed it. Yeah. we see Wally also collecting trinkets and doodads from his, uh, throughout his day to add to his horde because he's you know a crazy person and we see bnl everywhere it's on the ships that went to space it's on the restaurants it's on the billboards it's on the stores it's literally everywhere um and there's a a short vignette this is actually the first time we hear someone speak in the movie it's about 10 10 15 minutes in um that the axiom mission was only meant to be five years mm-hmm. five years turn it into 700 um, real quick either way wally wally goes back to his Travel home thing. I don't know what it is. His RV. Whatever. I say, I'm gonna call his, it his, his junk pile. Yeah. He goes back to his junk pile. Um, and we see that he's rigged together a VCR which broadcasts a video to an iPod screen, which he then magnifies. I love all that. How I... the hell in all of this did he not just find a goddamn TV to plug a VCR? I mean, maybe into? maybe that's the only thing he could find. You know what I mean? Like there are literally video screens that we see that previous message on. Yeah, but you're not like hooking it up to like how That's can you hol- how can you hook it up to the the hologram? I mean, maybe it's a I mean this this piece of how tech, do you hook an iPod okay. up to a VCR? No, well you didn't hook it up to the VCR. You looked it up to the the little speaker, right? Well, no, there's a VCR that he puts the tape in. Oh, and then, and then he, it's yes, being yes, broadcast yes. on the little iPad. Which that, that yeah, that, that didn't admittedly make any sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, like, I like the world building of it. It's just like, you know, this is what he has. And he tried to, he, fi- he figured out how to work this and that's just what it is. I don't know he how it works. As, as somebody who had dial up internet till 2010, let me tell you, you figure out what works. Okay. You put a cardboard box on your face with your iPod touch so you can watch Netflix shows. Okay. The first moment where I started getting a little emotional gave Hal a twink. Yeah, and he goes, he like goes into it. Like I love the little animation. And of it. he like, has little, and on the top of his little thingies, so he's it's got so like cute. little goobers. Oh, it. it's it's fun too because this kind of lends itself to the, the you know the conspiracy theories of the only things that would survive the apocalypse: cockroaches and Twinkies, of which yeah. Wally is found. Oh, both. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's funny. 
You're welcome. Uh, either way, um, we see Wally going through sorting all the trinkets that he's found. I love the thing with the spork or he's got a cup of spoons and a cup of forks and doesn't know where to put the spork. So he just lays it down nicely in the middle. Um, but mm-hmm. Wally reminisces or imagines, I guess, cause he's never experienced it, uh, a sense of belonging, a sense of, uh, companionship while he watches hello, Dolly. He's lonely. And this comes through in the, in the, uh, in the scene here. Um, but then he wakes up the following morning and his battery is basically dead. So he's got to go outside and he's got to charge genius the fact they used his battery being low to make it him relatable and tired because yes. he's literally doing what all of us do waking up he's like having trouble putting on his fucking shoes or his treads like it is i i absolutely love this so tiny mm-hmm. ass time uh so he goes outside and recharges and uh just to piss tj off the sound of him becoming fully charged is the same as the mac os boot up sound i do like that because Everything has to be Sorry, out. Sorry, well, I get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I do like oh. that though, because it's such a satisfying, like, boom. Yeah. It, it's the most Something satisfying fell off of in history. I mean, no, Windows ninety five. <laughs> Windows ninety five is Windows ninety five. Let's let's not get it twisted. The startup of Windows ninety five, amazing. Either way, he goes back out, uh, does another expedition. I love this part where he finds an engagement ring in a box, and he's like examining. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's so cool. And he throws away the ring, and it's just playing. <laughs> yeah the hinge it's like a cat um and then he also finds a fire extinguisher that really freaks him out because he doesn't understand why or how it works which will come back into play later um finds a fridge for some reason this is the only one of only two instances where we realize that wally has a goddamn laser that he never uses why doesn't he use his laser more that is a very useful tool that he did not get used to get out of any situation other than this and one later in the film. You mean he only used the tool to get out of situations that he needed to use the tool for? He was in a number of situations that he could have gotten out of and did not use it. Like? Like when they're being assaulted and their their lives are threatened. He could have also used the laser. He's there. not. He doesn't murder people. I mean, also. We already know he does because that's how he survives so goddamn we long. We don't know we that. Don't. We don't know that. Also, I refuse to believe we this do. cute little guy. The thing that kills people. But the um, thing is, the thing is, uh, with this part and kind of to my point of just like the what, what I love about this film is like it is it is it, it shows like humanity in this robot and also. Like the mon- it's the mundane day. I think it hits me more now because of just being an adult of the mundane day to day and just you're doing the same thing. Yet he always finds something that he that keeps him entertained. Keeps like he is always happy. He's always he's not never like all right. Well, I'm I'm out here. I like I literally have nobody. Like it's oh it's always like a oh what's this? It's a, always a new thing. This has been 700 years that he's been on this planet and he still finds things that keep him happy like that's that's what i love about this film if honestly nick you said like it doesn't feel like picks like this has that like overarching message that's what i think this message is appreciate the little thing wally finds all these small things like this spork that just bring him love and when he finds someone that he wants to share them with he does and then it he go like it highlights humanity's excess and how they just need to go back to the basics. That is what I think the that message yeah. is. Is like humans are frivolous. Sometimes just enjoy the small thing. Yep. I mean, the ultimate piece of hope is a tiny, single plant that it's like yep. you know, it's, and a boot, and a boot. Yeah. <laughs> Which speaking of, 
Uh, we find the boot. Nice the boot contains <laughs> a plant. It's the first time we see green in the film, and Wally is enamored by it for some reason, even though he has no idea what it is. Um, either way, he goes about his day, and a mysterious red dot appears near his ship. And he follows this red dot like a dumbass. And his dumbass is nearly vaporized when he doesn't hear a big-ass spaceship landing right on fucking top of him. You're a monster. You're a monster. He emooed. You're a monster, Mitch. <laughs> he... How does he not realize there's a fucking spaceship there's, about to land on there's his There's not been nothing of the sort for 700 years. You're a monster. He's a cute little he's a cute little thing, you know, let me tell you. And let me tell you. He may maybe woefully inept, but also I don't I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I will not take this heresy by my guy. <laughs> Either way, we are introduced to Eve, who with whom Wally instantly falls in love, albeit having no private previous attachment to anything literally ever except the cockroach. How? I was going to say and Tucky Hal or Hal. Yeah, but he's definitely not in love with the cockroach, but immediately falls in love with this robot. I mean, um, I mean, now- okay, okay, hold on. To your point, Mitch, though, and before uh, this might be a long podcast. Let me tell you. Uh, to your point, though, he is or she is uh, modeled after a superior device. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm just playing to your to your standards. You know, would you not be <laughs> in love? Okay. Would you not be in love? You know, I've been in love with iPods in the past. I will exactly. say so. See? Uh, and just to get it correctly, I found it in my notes. Eve was co-designed by Apple's a- at the time Apple's senior vice president of industrial design, Jonathan Ive, responsible for many of the designs of iOS I- Apple devices that we still know and love today. Either way, Eve's here. She seems to have a mission. Um, she nearly vaporizes Wally because he's being a creepy jerk. Um, <laughs> And goes about her day uh, after he hides and is not, you know, obliterated by her, you know, making proper use of the laser that she was granted by her creators. Uh, We get a montage of her searching the planet uh, to the song La Vie en Rose by Louis Armstrong, which I think is also another phenomenal song that is very well used in this movie. Way more so than the Peter Gabriel song used at the end. And this is where we, we get the Pixar staple cameo of a pizza planet truck because one of the vehicles that eve searches is a pizza planet truck uh wally also builds a very creepy caricature of eve because he's you know not artistic at all why is it creepy you noticed it was a it was super <laughs> creepy and if you look closely one of the arms that is made of trash is also made of a luxo junior lamp oh i didn't notice that yeah. it's cute it's yeah it's love. super cute yeah it's not. It's creepy as fuck. He's he's um, only he's been alone for arguably seven or six hundred plus years. Like, if you just met somebody and they made a replica of you out of trash, would you not immediately be like, okay? I mean, take but it easy. let me tell you. Let me tell you. Wally doesn't come from the most, you know, like like the the most the most uh, class of of people, I guess. And you know what? Like maybe this is all he's got. He's got trash, and that's what he knows how to do. And he knows how to make something beautiful out of trash. And it's it's not like he's gonna show her that necessarily, you know, until they get into you know like they they they, they start hanging out, you know, and you know he does it while she's sleeping, obviously. I mean, exactly. You know, I don't know. If like that's a creepy, like a know? like a you know a psychopath. But whatever, we move on. Uh, they do finally meet after Eve almost obliterates Wally for the second time. Um, but yeah, that now they're just kind of around each other. They have this fun moment by the campfire 
um, where there's kind of like a back and forth and it's, it's whatever. Um, but then a sandstorm comes in the second time we've seen a sandstorm and Wally takes Eve home, uh, to avoid her getting obliterated by the sandstorm. Um, he's showing off all his little trinkets, his doodads trying to make her fall in love with him like a real creep, but she finds the plant, her directive activates and she completely shuts down. I hope you know that when we get to up, there's going to be some real creep moments, okay? Oh, yeah, no, and you're fine. And I am going to say, like, you're building this narrative. You're, it is not creepy know, at all in the film. It is cute. And who hurt you, sir? Who hurt you? <laughs> I just want to know if this is what he finds creepy, I need to hear a carving. <laughs> uh, either way, Wally's, Wally, you know, understandably freaks the fuck out because Eve doesn't you know, move or act or do literally anything. She just blinks green uh, and decides to keep her safe uh, until something changes, which inevitably is the ship coming to collect her. Um, so we get this fun montage of him trying to like keep her safe and he gets, you know, blasted by lightning like an idiot and a whole bunch of other cute little things. Uh, but the ship does eventually come to collect Eve and uh, Wally himself hitches a ride to space on the outside of the spaceship, which probably would have crushed him um, leaving the or like uh, I don't know. Go ahead, TJ. The this scene was another moment where I got a little emotional, not like to edge of tears, but he's leaving. Was it because of Sputnik? Her... Okay, oh, no, Sputnik's great, but no, Sputnik. he's leaving. He's leaving <laughs> Hal alone, who waits there the entire time he he's gone. Hal might be the best like, character, and presumably, like he's going to space, and like that's going to take a long not. time. He'd... It mm-hmm. might have been decades between him leaving the planet and coming back. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it, sh- it shows, like, it doesn't have, like, sublight <laughs> engines or whatever, so... Nope, and then, and then he, he forms... Hal forms with his cockroach buddies, and they build a new Wally, and they call it Wally Tootie! <laughs> <laughs> Chaos. Who hurt you? Chaos. Hurt Chaotic you? evil, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, either way, we arrive on the on the Axiom, this starliner in the sky or in space or whatever you want to call it, um, and we're introduced to like the second what? <laughs> what was that? Sorry, sorry. I just I'm looking through my notes to see if there's anything I wanted to come up, and I realized for when he shows her the fucking uh her, that herb, I wrote he is cock blocked by a bean sprout. <laughs> 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 he is caught by a bean sprout. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Either way, we're introduced to this whole, you know, space thing in the space station. Everyone's gotten fat. They're all lazy. They're all riding around on what the film calls the people mover. <laughs> and now is time where we can segue into one of my favorite segments on this show, Pixar Guys Talk Theme Park Rides. Pixar Guys, we're Pixar Guys. We're gonna talk about the theme park rides. Yeah! Get that energy, you know? Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you for the introduction. Welcome to Pixar Guys Talk Theme Park Rides, where we relate the Pixar films we watch to the theme park rides we love. And today, it is the people movie. So for those who are unaware, the people mover has existed uh, both at Disneyland in California and at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. Famously in uh, California, it was sh- it was replaced and then subsequently shut down uh, because the 
Disney Imagineers Have No Souls. Um, this is a wonderful attraction. It is essentially just an elevated tram ride, but very slow, very casual. It's something you can take your mom on and she wouldn't get woozy. Um, it's one of the first rides. It's one of the rides that WED Engineering repurposed from their display at the 1964 New York World's Fair. Uh, at the World's Fair was sponsored by the Ford Motor Company. And they actually took the ride that they built or the attraction they built for the World's Fair, transported it to California, used it for years. Um, there were some incidents over the years. A few people I, tragically did die or were hurt on this ride because there really is no, yeah, there's no, uh, like it is just an elevated tram. There's no real, there's no seatbelts. There's no, you just get in, you sit on the thing and you go. Um, so yeah, in 1967, a 16-year-old boy was killed while jumping between two moving cars as the ride was passing through a, tum a tunnel. He stumbled and fell onto the track where an oncoming train of cars crushed him beneath its wheels and dragged his body a few hundred feet before it was stopped by a ride operator. It had oh only been open God. for a month in Disneyland at the time. Well, shit. Uh, well, in, sure 72, in 72, there were four teenage girls riding the People Mover. <laughs> Uh, when one lost her Mickey ears, uh, she and her cousin jumped onto the track to retrieve them, realizing they'd then have to get onto a different car. One girl was able to successfully get into another train. The other uh, ran through the tunnel and out the exit and fell into a guardrail and fell 30 feet from where the train was running. Uh, so 30 feet to the ground. Broken arm, hip, and her pelvis. She had to be in a body brace and have a pin inserted into her leg and sued Disney for not having any warnings about the exit of the ride. Yo, what is it, TJ? Yo, Mortal Kombat who? <laughs> Jesus, Disney? Holy shit. Uh, and in 1980, an 18-year-old was crushed and killed by the people mover, uh, again, jumping between cars. Um, the ride closed in 95 as part uh, yeah. because Michael Eisner was trying to say, no, it's because Michael Eisner was trying to save money because this attraction had become very expensive to maintain over the years and was replaced by the short-lived rocket rods in 1998 and was just entirely retired when that ride really went nowhere. Um, but the ride does still exist to this day in Tomorrowland in Walt Disney World. It is a different, it is very much a different ride. There is more, you're not going to, like the trains don't run nearly Sorry, as close to each other. It is very slow. It is a very slow ride. It's one of the, it's one of the nicest ways to just casually enjoy your day at uh, Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. It passes through Space Mountain, so you can see behind the scenes a little bit. If the lights are on because the attraction is shut down, you can see the track and realize you should not be riding that roller coaster because uh, everything gets way too close and it's way too cramped for what it is. Um, but it's a wonderful uh, way to really get some AC from some uh, some passings through in the Magic Kingdom there in uh, Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. Just oh don't God. get out of the car and try to jump between them. Just don't get out of it's the car. Experience. Just don't go on Just it. stay uh, in the ride. Every ride says, keep your arms and legs inside the car at all times. Listen to that. Otherwise, you might end up in a body uh, body brace. I mean, still, like, oh, whoa. Body brace? All right, <clears throat> let me get back to the movie now. Uh, where the hell was I in my notes? Ba -ba -ba -ba. So Wally's going along, trying to follow Eve, and he's got Mo chasing after him, cleaning up all this dirt. Uh, helps John, or kind of you know, knocks John out of his people mover chair because John thinks he's just going to be like a servant and take his cup or whatever. And there's yeah. this whole thing. Like he, he physically cannot get up, which is just mm. sad. Very, very sad. 
but it also breaks them out of this trance that everyone seems to be in where they're addicted to the screens and the visuals and everything else in front of them don't even realize what else is going on around them which leads us to the next human interaction that wally has with mary he wakes her up and out of her trance he's like oh yeah no no go ahead just like pass through get to eve or whatever um she'd lived here her entire life and didn't realize there was a pool on the ship so this is my first edition uh, Nicholas Blaine's first edition, that last one was episode zero, of how does this work? How are they populated? How do you get more babies if you cannot even test tubes? Get up. Test tube. I yeah. mean, I guess, but like wait, what human is available? Are they doctors? Are there doctors? It's guess robots. They, I guess there are no, robots. It's robots. Well, uh, All just they, they stick them, drip them, and then fucking Amazon shove it on in, you know? What the, what? Shout out to Greg and Jen Miller now expecting a, a baby. <laughs> great. I mean, shout out. Um, yeah. The uh, segueing into the professional, how is this? The fucking outfit. That yeah. is what blew me away the most. Oh, the color change? Was halfway through, it changes colors. But the thing that gets me is that whenever people are disengaged from their machine, it changes back to red. Like, that bl- it blew me away. Like I- I've seen this movie tons of times, but I totally forgot that. Either way, Wally accompanies Eve as she's shepherded towards the captain's quarters, uh, where the autopilot, realizing Eve had come back positive for greenery, activates Directive A one one three. As we've discussed previously in this, this is the first time we get A one one three being a direct plot device. A one one three is. Uh, typically known as the room at the CalArts Animation Institute, where a number of the original Pixar, you know, designers attended. Um, So they try to drop that Easter egg in each and every one of their films. Uh, We get this interesting thing that TJ talked about earlier, where we see all the portraits of the captains realizing how long they've been on this ship and they gradually, gradually get much less bony. And the autopilot, for whatever reason, is closer and closer in every portrait. That's your Terminator. That's that because that's that's initially where I thought you were going. Was like that is that is the Terminator. Like he yeah, is Skynet. But secret directive. But it's much more of Hal, like Hal Nine Thousand, where it's just like yeah, I'm, I can't let you do that, Dave. Like it's fair, and especially with like the speaking text to speech or whatever the fuck it is, like that is horrifying. Every time it's like. Message yeah. for the dark, sir. Like, it's just... I mean, yeah, everything about this scene makes you horrifying. realize the captain is just there as, like, a figurehead. Because, like, yeah. he's woken up and he's pampered to start his day. They can't even put his jacket on. They just do up the top button. And he realizes it's 1230. And we, we, we all know how that feels to wake up at 1230 thinking it's, like, 9 in the morning. I, I just want to shout out the the uh, Barbara robot. It's like, I know, honey, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love, I love it. it so much. <laughs> People skills, baby. People skills. Um, either way, it seems like he's got no training whatsoever because when the A113 directive is activated, he doesn't even realize that's a thing. Like, we can go home. We can go back to Earth. And then uh, a book is spat out of the system for him to read. And I don't know if he knows how to read. Nope. Because he Man, tries no. to get the book to read it to him, Metal, to read yeah. it to him, because he doesn't understand how paper works. He's absolutely dumbfounded by the concept of a book. I mean, I th- he could definitely read because he could, he can. 
like he just gets the man man well part wrong. He can't read well, but he can read. <laughs> but uh, I mean, can he read? Because it's a picture book. He said, we no, see he, it's a picture but book. But he says Operation Manuel. He can't read well, but he can still read. Also, when you're on a ship that you're a captain of, that you only have to do like seven things the entire day, like check seven things the entire day, like they're not going to, after 700 years, they're not going to teach you this deep the shit is, where we're going back. He doesn't back. even check it. Yeah. He just says, tell me what's the thing. It could very much be a situation like, oh, what was that uh, fucking show with Hugh Laurie? What was that one called? Oh, the, in space? Uh, the HBO show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a HBO Avenue show. 5? Avenue... Avenue 5. This is an Avenue 5 situation where the entire crew is just fabricated or, you know, not really doing their jobs. Oh, and there's spoilers. like a shadow crew actually doing Spoilers for wow. Avenue, wow. Avenue 5. Avenue 5. <laughs> spoilers for a show that's canceled. You're never going to watch it. Uh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, you're never going to watch no, it. No, I, I still think that there's like, he, he like, it's, it's the thing, like, nobody knows like the full extent of their job. In terms, in terms of like, no one's gonna know. Like, unless the emergency happens, you just have to teach somebody. Like, that's unfortunately that's just how things work. And with the robots, like they're like, we're one, one. Auto doesn't is programmed not to have this happen. You know, not to have the the directive be played out. So one, I don't really know why he he even initiates the A one one three. Uh, but. At the same, uh, I think it's probably part of his protocol as well. But at the, I'm, I think at the same time, it's like his part of his protocol is to not have them go back to Earth, and that's that's the thing. Is why would you, why would I'm assuming the robots are, like we saw are teaching the kids and teach and then end up teaching the captain. Why would you teach something that doesn't actually that it doesn't want to happen? You know. Yeah, that's fair. I think too. Um, we see we see a little later with all the you know all the board fudging of where the plant is and all that. But like, even though it, this, this scenario is presented to the captain, it's also presented in such a way that it can never really happen because, Oh, the thing was faulty or whatever. Like yeah. they're always going to find a way to cover it up. Yeah. If it gets to that point, like how many Eve probes have come to earth at this point, returned with a specimen that didn't even make its way to the captain. Right. Yeah. We don't know to what extent they've been probing earth and, and coming back with samples. Either way, uh, the captain opens Eve up, and the plant is gone. Oh, uh, <gasps> uh, surprise. Uh, so the captain sends Eve for conditioning or repair or whatever it was. Uh, and then, unfortunately, like many of us, goes down his equivalent of a Wikipedia rabbit hole of just Googling the crap out of everything until about four in the morning. Man, do I want pizza plants? I want pizza plants so bad. I literally have a note, pizza plants. At this point, I just want to hoe down. Like, I want to go outside. <laughs> this, at this point, I just want to hold down. Let me tell you, they're not as great as what you think, you know? Wally and Eve arrive at the repair station with all the other malfunctioning robots. Are they really malfunctioning? Or are these other robots that have gained enough sentience to realize they need to revolt back against their human overlords who really don't do anything anymore anyway and take control of this ship? Terminator. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's op it's opposite Terminator, right? Because John John Connor is part of the resistance, like so. Yeah, like these reversinator. are the reversinator. Uh, <laughs> Either way, the, the only... sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say the makeover that Wally gets here is adorable. Is yeah, I, I would love it. Uh, we also see Eve taken back for diagnostics, in which Wally just sees through like a 
a frosted door that they remove her arm and it looks like they take her head off. And for only the second time in this movie, Wally uses the most useful tool at his disposable, his disposal, sorry, his goddamn laser to get out of his constraints and try to fucking save Eve. And in doing so, accidentally uses her arm to blow up the locking mechanism in the room and let loose all the malfunctioning robots. I mean, maybe. All right, Nick. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I have a video project for you. I'm not going to pay you for it, but you're going to do it, okay? I mean, I want this. I mean, I want this scene and the like the two robot riot scene that Mm -hmm. happened in this movie because there's one here and one later Mm -hmm. spliced together. To the tune of Three Days Grace, Let's Start a Riot. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe. I'll add it to the portfolio. Okay. And it's okay. got to be in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Terminator. The Terminator thing. No, god. <laughs> Better movie than Terminator. Either way, chaos ensues here the same way it does in Terminator, as Wally and Eve are both labeled fugitives of the ship, I guess. There's no real state up here, just the state of BNL, and uh, are on the run. Uh, but they run into that little helper bot that was kind of nosing around all the other previous scenes. Gopher. He's trying to ditch Gopher. Thank you. And he's trying to ditch the plant. Um, Wally, in trying to save the plant, gets launched away in an escape pod uh, that is set to self-destruct. Also, this scene. I just wanted. Sorry, to, go ahead, I just wanted to go back to the laser thing. Maybe it takes up just a lot of energy. You know. Yeah, he is solar powered. Yeah. But uh, this scene here of them floating in space, using the fucking fire extinguisher, this is art. The, yeah, 100%. Like, this made me, like, so it makes me feel things so much. I mean, uh, I think that's the thing throughout this movie that Pixar, Pixar movies, like, Pixar movies do a lot where it is a certain scene where you're just like, that is the scene that makes me feel, and that's what the scene that makes me feel strongest. Whereas, like, this movie throughout, it makes me feel that. Every single sort of, like, small snippet that we get, I think it feels throughout. The most romantic romantic scene in Pixar history in a second. But in the meantime, Wally scrambles to try and abort the self-destruct sequence on the escape pod, is unable to do so, and the pod explodes. Wally thankfully survives thanks to a well-executed fire extinguisher strategy and saves the plant. Cue space dancing and sparks. The, the no, the no that comes from Eve, like gets me, gets me. She, she may not be like a regular voice actress. She needs to get into it. Cause man, like that, like the no, like, ah, ah, it gets me. It's getting me right now. Like, oh God. Either way, uh, our two heroes return to the ship, plant in tow, presented to the captain, but Otto stops them. Why is that? Uh, it turns out that Otto's actually been running the show for decades, an additional hidden directive which overrides all the captain's authority on the ship. Our robo-heroes get trashed, and our captain is sequestered to his living quarters. Well, and then like the you're leaving out like the the thing where Otto does the electrocution on Wally. Holy fuck, dude! Like, yeah. Tramp mercs the dude. Yeah, like, and and it's like a, a thing of like he's like losing sight. You can see like, oh, it's awful. It is so awful. Yeah, awful. Either way, they end up in some oversized trash compactor with some. Uh... Oh, I thought I wrote it down. They wall A's, I think. Wall R's. Wall R's. 
Wall R? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Wall A. I thought it was Wall R, but it might be Wall A, which would be pretty Let us know in the comments which of us is right, and I think it might be me and TJ, but I'm not sure. Um, um this scene this scene though, I've got a couple notes here, right? So I'm just go gonna for take, it. This one's I'm yours. Take the wheel. So okay, okay, first Otto. and foremost. The best <laughs> I was gonna say Jesus. Um the the best little tidbit here is the fact that there are mice on the ship that are little computer mice oh yes and i absolutely love like it's oh. the thing that makes the like no sense but i absolutely love that little time yeah also i thought you were gonna go a different direction but like there's mice on this ship there's there's the robot mice robot ratatouille <laughs> again <You know? laughs> i mean it could be it that could would be. be the best sequel right right uh, for great then, short, Robo Tui, sure. Robo Tui. You know, I'm just I'm pitching the, it out there. It writes itself. Zack Snyder's Robo Tui callback. <laughs> <laughs> no more Zack Snyder in this series. I declare it now. Until Zack no, Snyder I'm writes and produces the promises. Disney Pixar film, we're not talking about Zack Snyder. Get out of Disney, not you know? making a promise. Somebody um, This scene also has just like such. You see such genuine and pure love between yeah. us. Like yes, we can make jokes like "Oh, Wally's creepy" on like love at first, like, but like the like the love Eve has for him that she is like panicking, trying to find a way to fix him. Like it is, like the emotions are real. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that I think is the only detractor, but also might be the funniest fucking thing I've ever thought of in my entire life, is that this movie suffers from Deus Ex Mokina. When fucking Mo saves Wally and Eve, <laughs> I mean, with because of that fucking door. That sounds like Zack Snyder writing to me. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So Wally and Eve are about to get yeeted out of the airlock when Mo saves their damn asses just by getting stuck in a fucking door. Day sex mokiness. Wally's definitely seen oh. better days in this scene, uh, and Eve Eve freaking out. Wally's just like Earth, Earth. Because you know he's got spare parts from all his murderous days on Earth. Um, Conspiracy. So all of the uh, Eve realizes, okay, we've got the plant, we've got everything, we just got to get the ship back to Earth. So she goes, she's you know, on a mission, absolutely. Uh, all of the rogue robots rally to Eve because they all start you know humming or singing the song from uh, mm-hmm. "Hello Dolly" because that's the most important song in the movie, uh, and attempt to help her activate Directive A113. The captain kind of figures out a way to trick Otto, gets himself out of uh, captivity. And then this struggle ensues where Otto ends up capsizing the ship in space, which doesn't make sense at all. I mean, uh... because it would have a center of gravity that even if you rotated the ship in space, which has no direction, would be maintained by the whatever is generating that artificial gravity on the ship. I mean, but maybe, like, not in this world, you know? Maybe they don't have that built in, like, in terms of, you know what I mean? Like, in terms... Then how do they survive in space? No, no, no. Also, but, the... but I mean, like, because, because... Let me just hear me out here. I'm, this is my head cannon. So, it's a ship. And it has the gravity. So, when it moves, when it's moving, like, it's it's not a planet, it's a ship. So, when it's moving, it acts like an actual ship. Rather than acting like it's stupid, of course, but by big and large, that or by and large, or whatever the fuck they're called, uh, maybe the maybe they're the real villains. 
is if whatever's generating the gravity on the ship moved when the ship's wheel also, was moved. No. And that would take up also, mind you, mind you, this last movie that we watched was a movie about a rat running a restaurant. I want you to just put that there. If you're trying to poke holes in this, there we can poke holes in all of these, you know? Also, Mitch, you are wrong in this fact because you're saying that turning turning the ship, they shouldn't be sliding around. No. They're, the way their um, artificial gravity would work is it's all the force pushing towards the one direction. It's The thing doesn't move with the ship. It's not like a pendulum, whatever way you spin the wheel, it moves. It just moves the ship in that direction. So it's spinning. The gravity would still be forcing them towards the floor or towards whatever the bottom direction is. But there's yeah. no bottom direction in That's space. But, the, it's the, space. but there isn't in space, but the artificial gravity makes it so there's a bottom exactly. direction. They're See, not out in the void of space. TJ, one direction, Harry Styles, he gets it, it you know? It doesn't matter where fucking the show... No, that's not how gravity works. You're such works. a fucking Zane. how fucking gravity works, okay? I don't even know what that means, but you are a Zane. You I don't know Zane. either. I just, I just someone's <laughs> Actually, no, I think Zane's one of the sexier ones, you know? Like, <laughs> You're such a Whatever. fucking... Wally's Doug. able to get the plant to the terminal thingy, even though the Chris auto Kirkpatrick. then, you know, jabs the button to make it crush Wally beyond recognition. Um, he keeps it open long enough by sacrificing himself. Eve's able to plant the plant. Yeah. Cue the hyperspace jump, and they're back to Earth in like 60 seconds. Um, Eve flees the ship, gets back to Wally's home, finds any spare parts that he has. And this is where we get to my how does this work in that we are presented with what general audiences, you know, came to learn about through WandaVision, but we all know it from <laughs> Wally, and that is the ship of Theseus paradox. Because if all of these parts in Wally are being replaced, is Wally still Wally or is he now something new because he's not the same parts that made up Wally in the first place? I mean, I also. You replace the board, is it the same ship or is it a new ship because it's new boards? Also. But here's where here's where the ship of theseus is doesn't it doesn't add into this part of the equation does the ship of theseus have a soul wally, wally. clearly does has he? a soul 100 percent. at he's this point he's he's very so i mean so is either awesome. way all those test tube babies shouldn't be shouldn't be having souls either. Also, apparently, maybe they don't. We don't. We don't meet any of these test tube babies. Also, assume my soul. Also, apparently, <laughs> uh, we talked about uh, spoilers for uh, you know Wally. We did not. We did not talk about the Wandavision spoilers. <laughs> the spoilers for what I didn't the fuck? Get into Avenue other Q than or whatever. The fact the fuck? that this paradox is addressed in that show listen in what way you'll have to watch wandavision to find out what is wally what is wally if not pixar persevering you know what i mean (laughs) so i think it's at this point or actually i think it might have been the trash compact just again to reiterate how such like such a strong and good love relationship this is where wally goes to say like i think it actually was trash compact where he gives her the plane and goes like directive and she fucking hucks it and she's like no nope. directive, You're the directive. Like, yeah just it's so good well and just so either way just the 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 lifelessness in wally like he becomes the robot he becomes like yeah. just this yeah. shell and oh it's awful he's reset to system preferences yep it's a fault it's awful system operating system. Uh, but all it took was a spark and then eva and he's back 
and he's Wally. And that, along with, you know, the fact that you spent all this time trying to find one planet and it turns out there were thousands, but we also don't know how long it's been since even Wally were here. hundred percent. And we're at the end of the movie with some song by some guy that doesn't really matter. That being said, we can move on to the video game which accompanied Wally. If any of us played it, yo, I have played this game. It fucking sucks. It's the first Nick? one that fucking sucks. Okay, <laughs> let right. me tell you, I haven't played the Ratatouille one. I'm not sure about that one. This Wally game is devoid. It is everything that Wally is not. Let me tell you, it's it's a third. It's a it's a it's a, it's a 3D platformer, and it, it's awful. It is the the most the most trash of trash, and that is coming from a trash game. You know what I mean? Oh. And a trash person. And a trash person, you know what I mean? Well, thank you for that. And I think with that, we can move on to ranking the Randys. Rank, 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 ranking them Randys. There's many of them. <laughs> there are a lot, and we're going to get into it real quick. I've got three contenders for the list this week. And all jokes aside, the Peter Gabriel song, Down to Earth, is one of them. Calm down, TJ. But we have to decide, are we ranking all three? Is only one of them going to make the list? What's going to happen? We're ranking all three, first so, of all. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say happened. there's been movies yeah, where we've we done did, one, where yeah, we've done a couple. The first like, Toy Story, we did like the three songs. Plus, okay, so we've got "Put on Your Sunday Clothes" from Hello Dolly, "Down to Earth," performed by Peter Gabriel, music by Peter Gabriel and Thomas Newman, lyrics by Peter Gabriel, and Louis Armstrong's Ambrose. The problem we have here is that the ship of Theseus paradox. Well, no, it's it's the <laughs> the there's songs that have been amazing for years and then you have peter gabriel and it is good it is good it is really good i would i that is this is the only thing in this movie that i don't think is a 10 out of 10 i i i i want i want to fight for it i want to help you out tj i want to help you out but i have no points i thought it was i thought it was very good but not my thing and not what uh, not what I think is is a heart in this movie. I don't think I don't think I can out of fight these for three, it. I don't think I personally three can fight for it. Yeah, out of these three tunes, the only one I don't associate with the movie Wally is Down to Earth. The other two are synonymous with this film. I mm. forgot this was even in it till we rewatched it. Yeah, Alex? I, I think it does All a disservice right. when it when, because it, because it is just at the end of this film. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and right. it's not like it's it's far from like yeah, it's like not iconic compared to the put on your Sunday shoes, which I think was such a great opening song, like first sort of piece of music to kind of set the to kind of juxtapose your tone a little bit of like you know the visuals compared to like the the song. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like the strongest piece of music through the through the whole thing. Yeah. Do we want to just rank the one then? No, no, no. We're ranking. No, all no, 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 no. We got to do all. Definitely ranking all. Also. Levion Rose, do we feel like that? Motherfucker, I get my I milk box. You get, you get your milk <laughs> box in a second. Levion Rose, no one's really talking about it. Do we want to rank that as well? I or don't do we think, want to I, do not, I honestly can't even remember this. Your Me d- either. Dimension. I don't either, to be honest. Okay, that one will drop then. So then it is put on your Sunday clothes from the musical Hello Dolly Wait, and Down to Earth. The Levion Rose, that, is, that, is that one the Louis Armstrong one? Yeah, that's the one that goes during the montage of Eve searching for the planet. I'm just going to say no. Uh, okay. I'm going to say no. But with the preface, Louis Armstrong is a fucking magnificent music- musician. If you haven't oh, yeah. watched, if you haven't listened to the Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong soundtracks, of, or not soundtrack, but the album, you need to go watch that. Or not watch that. Look, I'm, I'm in a watch mood. But <laughs> you need to go listen to it because Louis Armstrong is great. But it's not like for this movie, it's not prominent enough. 
So all right. it's the tune. All on the trumpet. That bit? No, nothing. Just me. All right, whatever. It's great. It's great. It's fun. It's a hundred percent great. Right. I don't. I don't like even with even with Peter Gabriel thing. Like I feel like that still has some weight in this movie just because of the ending and the the drawings at the end and kind of what what does like like there's society there's something. returning and yeah fashion. like I feel like that whereas like that that is a like a point in the movie but it's not like it's not emphasized enough I feel like the the yeah anyways all right TJ all right motherfucker so sell me sell Peter me. Gabriel's fucking down to earth. First and foremost, I can't. It's this S something choir because they they it's a choir that accompanies the in for this song. It's about six seven minutes long, the full version. Fantastic from start to end. It is a great bop, no matter what the occasion. I have this is one of my top played songs on Apple Music and Spotify. I absolutely loved this song, and a part like I knew it was from Wally. It's where I first heard it, but it has transcended the movie for me. I've actually listened to the song more than I've seen Wally. Uh, the choir featured in the song is the Soweto Gospel Choir. That's it. Um, it is fantastic. And the biggest thing, and Nick, you kind of touched on this. This is one of the songs, this and the end credits, are one of the only songs in Pixar so far that extend the movie. It builds on the movie. Yes, you, like uh, You've Got a Friend in Me starts, like, it kind of sets the mood. But this take, like, yes, it's at the end credits. It should have been many parts of the movie because it is the best, honestly, my favorite part of this fucking movie, apart from Wally himself. The the fact that it extends the story and it talks about how we're coming down to Earth. Baby, it's a birth. We're, like, the drawings that accompany the end credits showing humanity going from these fat lard asses, which, again, one of my notes, uh, how does this work? How did these fatties get to the door so fast? Um, like they, it shows them going from these huge people to back to what is a normal person. That's coming from a fatty himself. Like it show, like it shows this transition and the song accompanies it is such a addition to this movie that extends it. And Peter Gabriel does such a good fucking job. Like, oh, dude, his vocals. Like this is hands down for me, top one. I think in terms of iconic, Randy Newman's "You Got to Friend Me," a uh, uh, top. In terms of pure quality, Peter Gabriel and the fucking choir do, do it. I right, see. Let's get into these. Rant. Okay, sorry. I just, on. I just want to iterate on, on the fact that I, to me, Peter Gabriel's voice in this one is the worst part of it. I think where it, it it's very like, like that every little thing she does is even though I know that's that's a different song entirely. But that's one hundred percent the police. Uh, no, one hundred percent. But I mean, like that. That's kind of what it gives me, and it, it gives me like this raspy, just not. Like it doesn't like go with the song like very well. Oats, yeah, it doesn't like yeah, mm. poppy eighties. Like to me, it's, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's like I personally, I would not like. I would not listen to this song. Like, and that's just a personal yeah. thing. That's not to say the quality of the song because I do think it is quality. Um, but to say like, I think the thing with, um, I, I, it might just be because it has been baked in for years and years and years. But I think the quality and the iconicness of you've got a friend in me it just it transcends like given what what you will say what you will about randy's randy newman's voice like i think like that that the tune everything like is just perfection like i think i think yeah. that that is also can't be understated i don't think that it's necessarily 
doesn't like this this deserves a ranking on this like this this does this like okay. to the point to the points it's that, the original song it makes sense well yeah. and, f- and for the points that tj says where it does extend the film and i do agree with that i do agree with a lot of what he says about that i don't agree with some of the, some of the other stuff like the the like the the it being like like the song, iconic the song itself too. is yeah i was gonna say the song itself accompanies what goes on after the end of the film but the visuals is what sets that apart and yeah. to just tell the story it's the not lyrics the, still the, the, song the lyrics, the lyrics, the lyrics are great but but i'm not focused on the lyrics when i'm watching this thing i'm focused on the the iconography not I think the lyrics themselves it. it kind of it doesn't really mesh the two together well in my opinion but that's an opinion I think the biggest thing for me is out of all the Pixar original songs that they've done, and I'm I'm preferencing original because I know mm-hmm. like yeah. um, the ocean one from Life is a Highway, yeah. um, is a highway too. The, like, the Hello Dolly one in this film, like of yeah, all Hello of Dolly. the original Pixar songs, like made for Pixar movies, this is the only one I have and will willingly will listen to outside of the movie. I, I, you got a friend me, great. I would not like when yeah. I'm sitting here working during the day. I would not blast. You got a friend on me on my speakers. I do it all the I fucking do. time. There, like I, I only have, have the me. Michael Bublé version, which is not good. But, I blast but, if I didn't have you. Let's get to the list. I, let's okay, get to the list. Good. Let's get to the rankings. We're taking too much time talking about Peter Gabriel when he doesn't deserve this much airtime on this show. <laughs> As it stands. Yeah, Sorry. that's right. Hey. <laughs> And she's our tiebreaker. God damn it. Okay. So at number 10, you've got Strange Things. At number nine, you've got Thomas Newman's score from Finding Nemo. Number eight, you've got Randy Newman doing what Randy Newman does in A Bug's Life. Number seven, you've got Salem. Number six, you have Rascal Flatts' cover of Life is a Highway from Cars. Number five, Le Festin uh, by Michael Giacchino, performed by Camille from Ratatouille. Michael Giacchino's incredible score comes in at number four. When Someone Loves Me comes in at number three. Number two, If I Didn't Have You. And at number one, you've got a friend in me. So what do we want to do first? Hello, Dolly. Uh, put on your Sunday clothes or Down to Earth by Peter Gabriel. Or are we doing it all at once? Like, because we have. No, well, each we, of the, we, we, have the we have a separate ranking. Yeah, because yeah. Sail, we rank them separately again. or we can just rank them. But I figure we rank, rank them together because isn't. Um, well, say, so thought, you got a friend in me and sailing is, is different. Like they're actually at the top, top and yeah. bottom. Yeah, we ranked two for Toy Story. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, two to be three. fair, if you wanted to do it that way, we could. But I had this just. I want like to do them separate because ranked. I like put on your Sunday clothes. I don't like. Yeah. I I think we should rank them together because one, like of course that, but also um, like we have Toy Story is the only one we did. Other than that, it's like soundtrack from x soundtrack from z or a we specific did. song yeah i well, think they we didn't have anything that went... stood out yeah and each of those well, that's what i'm saying though, had this... one thing that did stand out this has multiple i mean at the same time that's what i'm saying so that's why we but that's why you group it together like, at the same time too to tj's point like we have incredibles very high and it is a there's not a quote-unquote standout thing a song from it yeah so i would say i, I would think... agree with it with saying we could rank it together I... I say if, if we are if it's one thing, sure. Like I mm-hmm. think if going back, if we were to redo this, I'd say we do the Toy Story one sound. Yeah. Although you've got a friend of me, I think is in every fucking movie. Um, it is. But based on based on what we've done previously, apart from Toy Story, unless there's only a one hit wonder, it's been the soundtrack. 
Yeah. And I think in this case, because then this case you also can throw in your the Louis Armstrong one, single testicular Lance Armstrong one. Louis Armstrong, fuck you. No, this goes at the bottom now. I can't believe you would you would fuck over Louis Armstrong. I see great, trees great, great. Satchable Armstrong, great artist Alex, of our time. what do you time. think? Rank them together or rank them separate? Uh, I mean, I really think that they should be ranked separately because they just, I mean, for one, I think one of the songs is vastly superior to the other. And it's also just not a score. Like, the score you can yeah. rank kind of collectively as, like, a this is a overall arching, like, encompassing. And they are separate Like, songs. the entire movie where this is, like, this is a, yeah, it's a. When there's been separate songs, we've ranked separate songs. When there's been yeah. a score that has kind of, you know, told the, yeah. the tone for the film, we've done the score. Who cares? It's just a list. Let's just do it. No, no, we this need to the important 2v2. List. This is an important list, motherfucker. Should we rank the songs from Wally as a single unit or as in. Huh? The ruling from our tiebreaker is to do them separate because they are completely different songs. You just know we wanna, CJ, the, the one we song you start, like is going low. Do we want to start yeah, with Conjure Sunday Close or Down to Earth by Peter Gabriel? Or do we want to start? Let's do the Sunday Close because that's the first one in the movie. Okay, so put on your Sunday Clothes from the musical Hello, Dolly. Uh, by show of hands, do we think this ranks better than Strange Things from uh, Toy Story whatever it was? Oh, 100%. Every, everyone's hands are up. Keep your hand up if you feel like put on your Sunday Clothes is better than Thomas Newman's score in Finding Nemo. All the hands remain. Better than a Randy Newman's score in A Bug's Life. Everyone's hands stay up. Better than Sailing from Toy Story. All the hands remain. Better than Life is a Highway by Roscoe Flatts. All the hands remain up. Better than Le Festin from Ratatouille. Everyone's hands stay Where is this going? My, in, the incredible score. It, all the hands are up. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, this is where I this is where I bow out. Right, well, I'm, I'm saying coming it's back not, up. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not so I'm I'm bowing out on that one. Three hands do say up. Better than when someone loves me from Toy Story 2. Ah uh, no, no. <laughs> All the hands come down. So that is where put on your Sunday clothes for, uh from the musical Hello Dolly as featured in Ratatouille Falls on our list. And now down to earth as performed by one Peter Gabriel. Do we think this is better than strange things? I'll get it. I'll get <laughs> it. Three hands are up. My hand is down. Well, DJ Stick comes in. Uh, better than Thomas Newman's score in Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. I think we ranked 100%. them weird, so my hand's going to go back 100%. up because it's not going to make much of a difference anyway. <laughs> uh, better than Randy Newman's score in A Bug's Life. Better than Sailing from Toy Story. My hand's actually going down this time. Everyone else's are staying up. Better than Life is a Highway by Rascal Flats. Alex's hand goes down. We now have a tie. Carmen. Is the Peter Gabriel song Down to Earth from the end of Wally better or worse than Rascal Flatts' cover of Life is a Highway? It's better. Okay, it continues. Yeah, it the is. Festin from Ratatouille. Yeah, I'll keep it up. I'll keep it up. Okay, hands are up, Carmen. I need another tiebreaker. Ratatouille song versus uh, Peter Gabriel. You can say wow. Ratatouille okay. It's I'm not happy about this. Better than Michael Giacchino's score from The Incredibles. There's no way. Okay. There's no. I heard the tiebreaker in the background say, oh no, as well. So, Nick, TJ, this fuck? is where you lose. <laughs> There's uh, no. Down way. to Earth is by can't. Peter Gabriel. Uh, comes in just below Michael Giacchino's score from the film The Incredibles. Not a bad spot. I can't. I'm sorry. You know what, Nick? No. Inside fucking baseball here, guys. Me and Nick had a discussion the other fucking day. I can't. This motherfucker proposed to me that we were going to put, he would help me put this at the top. 
if I helped him do something later on, also guess what, motherfucker? That's not gonna when, happen. When I realize I, afterwards, I'm like, nah, I don't, I'm not gonna need any help with help with that one. But two, I helped you get it as high as it did. First off, no, second well, off, I can't not, believe you would. Response. I can't believe you would announce our shady dealings on air. Three, fuck you, I, I I tried to find things now. that I actually loved about this song, but man, I do not like it. I do not like this song, <laughs> but. <laughs> It is not redeeming. I don't think it's. I don't, think, I don't think. I don't think there's nothing. Like I do agree with the points that TJ does say. Like it, to to be fair, I put it at the place that it was because of what TJ said. Other than that, I I do not like this film or this film. <laughs> this, this, this is not better than okay. hundred percent it is. Shut the fuck up. We're moving on to the Pixar short that accompanied this and ranking it with all the other ones we're talking about. Pixar's Presto, which features a magician oh, getting yeah. into a fight with his rabbit and causing a whole bunch of chaos through a magic hat. Cute. This, you this, totally forgot it existed. This one's, really this one's the easiest number one for me. I love this. Ooh, it's so good. Oh, wow. I love the animation. I, I love yeah. the. I love everything about this. Like This is where I'm like, yo, I do not need to like even fight for this. Like I feel like I, I am... I, I feel like it's so well done. It is, it is miles away from that. Like, get, made me feel more than anything that Pixar shorts have done recently. Not recently, but Alex. Oh, well. Alex. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in. I'm in a lot of agreement with what Nick said. Like, I think Presto is the first one of these shorts, aside from Jerry's Game, that has like done anything for me at yeah. all. Like, just I enjoyed it. I like. I don't really. I, do not remember this short um before having watched it again mm -hmm. and it it genuinely surprised me like it just it felt like this is like the oh this is where this is where it feels like they started to like really find themselves when it came to the shorts because otherwise like all the other shorts just felt like a yeah eh, let's just try this yeah. yeah let's just try this let's try this like little thing and like maybe you know do this do that where this felt like it was like a this felt this inspired. is a passion yeah, yeah this is a passion project for sure yeah okay TJ, anything, or we want to move on to the ranking? It's uh, it, it was a fun time. I I don't I don't think it's the best, of the best. Uh, I, okay. I think it's good, but uh, yeah, right. I it's a lot of fun. Our list is stands at number eight. We've got Tin Toy. At number seven, we have For the Birds. Number six is One Man Band. At number five, we've got Nick Knack. At number four, we've got Bounden. At number three is Luxo Junior. Number two is Jerry's Game. And our number one spot right now for Pixar shorts lifted. So. I'm looking at this and, you know, I kind of want to start voting with this around knickknack. I, I think it's that knickknack. I don't care. What okay, so yeah. by show of hands, hands up, who feels like uh, Presto is a better short than knickknack? All the hands stay up. Who thinks it's better than Bounden? TJ wavered, <laughs> but all the hands stayed up. Who thinks it's better than Luxo Jr.? TJ's hand goes down. Who thinks it's better than Jerry's game? My hand went down, Fair Alex's enough. hand went down, Nick was the only one remaining, and Kermit hadn't watched it, so it's a good thing there wasn't a tie, <laughs> because Presto comes in at number three on our... That's fair. Yeah. You fall asleep during a lot of movies, honey. Let's move on to the big one, and we're going to rank this film, Wally, as it stands <gasps> beside all of the other Pixar Animation Studios films. Everyone's stretching. Let me get myself ready. Uh, I'm going to read it out loud for all our fans out there. As the list stands right now, at number eight, we have A Bug's Life. At number seven, Finding Nemo. At number six, we have Cars. At number five, Toy Story. 
At number four, Toy Story 2. At number three, The Incredibles. At number two, Monsters Incorporated. And at number one, Ratatouille. Where do we want to start the voting? One. One. No. We're not starting there. Alex, where do you think no. we should start the voting? Uh I would say let's just, you know, let's let's give let's give Let's give Nick and TJ, let's throw them a bone and like let's go at like number five so that they can see it go up just a few times. All right, okay, so we'll start the ranking with Toy Story. So by show of hands, hands up. Toy Story. Number five, right here. Oh no, it should go lower than Toy Story. So by show of hands, who thinks this is a better film than the original Toy Story? All the hands stay up. Who thinks this is a better film than Toy Story 2? All the hands stay up. Who thinks this is a better film than The Incredibles? Alex's hand goes down. Everyone else's hand stays up. Who thinks this is better than Monsters Incorporated? Everyone's hand stays up. Who I've thinks this is better? Let's get no, fucking Christ. This is a lie. No. Yeah. Who no. thinks this oh, is better God. than Disney Pixar's Ratatouille? Yes! No! Yes! No! Yes! No! Freedom! As it stands, this is the this is my number one film on my personal list. That will change before the end of this series. Oh, 100%, 100%. I say that now, but right now, as it stands, Wally is the number one rated no. film on the YYZ no. video list of Pixar animated features. Y'all still it fucking suck, eight. but Mitch, you suck it a little less. Eight. What What do you mean? No, Brian Nemo should be up on you the You fucked me with Gabriel. Gabriel sucks, okay? <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of YYZ Video. This, this is, no, this, this is This is what it feels like to be like TJ. If you enjoyed what you just heard, be sure to check out Press YYZ wherever you can, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, podcast services all around the globe and of course the rest of the crew is on social media various links will be in the description of this video slash podcast slash however you do to consume our stuff and as always until next time we'll see you at the movies fucking final y'all have good takes except for peter gabriel freedom <laughs>